You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today we have Jack Allwile on the line. Now, Jack is an avid reader, mathlete, and soccer fan. He's turned his energy to many self-directed projects. He's on a journey to find the intersection of his actuarial background and love for sports and personal finance. He believes that our country lacks financial education, which it does, and is eager to help where he can. Now, before we get started with Jack because we want to talk a lot about what we what he has going on. First, let's get into our sponsor for today. So our sponsor is Jasmine Mortgage Team. Now, Jasmine and her team is fire-minded and loved by both real estate investors and first-time home buyers. This is important because this episode is going to be about some real estate. <laughs> um, Jasmine Mortgage Team um, specializes in mortgages for new home purchases, refinances, cash-out refinances, jumbos, conventionals, FHA, doctor loans. They have all of the different loan types you can potentially possibly need and want. So if you are interested in Jasmine Mortgage Team, you can find them at jasminemortgageteam.com. Again, that is jasminemortgageteam.com. So hey, Jack, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tiffany. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So in your bio, I mentioned that you are an actuary. Now, I'm sure I have audience members on right now that have no idea what that is. So if you wouldn't mind just explaining what an actuary does. Sure, so the actuarial profession is becoming quite popular over the last couple decades, I'd say. It it ranks in the Yahoo lists. And I, I would describe it as a specialist in risk. A lot of times it involves projecting future cash flows that are uncertain into the future over many different scenarios and then using some mechanisms to discount those cash flows back to the present. And oftentimes, like my current job, in is it's a valuation role, and we're basically putting a value on what the company should be holding in reserves to pay out future death benefits from insurance policies and then annuity benefits. Because there's a lot of, like, I guess, guarantees on some annuities, like a guaranteed minimum death benefit. And we would be tasked to putting a value on how much we should be holding in reserves to make sure we're confident we can pay those um, commitments to the policyholders. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm glad that you explained that because I know a lot of people know what life insurance policies are. I know they've heard that, but they don't know what goes on in the background. So if you are a math whiz, <laughs> definitely <laughs> check out the actuary profession. Um, but that's not why we're here today. I just wanted him to put that out there. Um, I wanted to talk to Jack about house hacking because apparently he's quite the house hacker. So how did you get started? it into well first if people didn't listen to any other episode what is house hacking so I, I guess I would start by saying that a lot of times most people's highest expense in their personal lives is their housing oftentimes it can be 30 40 I mean I've been seeing as high as you know 50 percent for rent sometimes now with the inflation that's going on so house hacking is trying to you know flip the flip the game and we're, we're trying to create a positive scenario where you could almost spend no money for your housing or in a great scenario, actually get paid to live in your primary resident. So it would be to buy a house, rent out the rooms, and hopefully that would cover 
your expenses associated with owning that house. How I got started, I moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina from Michigan in 2015. Um, it was a kind of a turbulent situation with the job I, I, I took a role with. I had three different managers in a year and a half and I ended up getting fired in 2016. So, and luckily I had cheap housing because I, I kind of had a part-time job with this nonprofit where they gave us cheap housing to throw events for the community. So luckily I had cheap housing. I think I was paying 450 bucks a month at that time. So I, I luckily had saved up a lot of money. I took a trip to Europe. I oddly enough met my now wife there, but I started reading a lot and listening to podcasts. And one of the things that came up that I decided was that as soon as I got another job, I would buy a house and rent out the rooms because I thought I didn't want to be in that position again to being kind of, well, fragile. I thought even though my rent was super cheap, I felt kind of constricted in what I could do because I had a lease, I had to pay the rent, I, I couldn't rent the room out um, to, to move on or do, do something different. And I mean, once again, it was, luckily it was, it was cheap rent, but I, I wanted to make my life a little more robust so I could withstand another possible job loss in the future because yeah, it can happen. And I'm sure during COVID, a lot of people went through this and had those same feelings. And But my COVID, I guess, was more back in 2016 where I had a lot of those down feelings. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I always say necessity breeds innovation. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you decided that, look, this is what I want to do, what next steps did you take? Well, the, the, the first thing was I needed to get a new job so I could get underwritten alone. And I, I didn't really know about a lot of like raising private capital and getting outside sources other than the banks at the time. So I, that didn't even cross my mind. So in, in my mind, my first step was I, I need to get another job and I, I did. And then a few months later, I got underwritten and started looking for properties, uh, tried to get a feel for the different areas around Charlotte. I, I yeah, I had decided to stay in Charlotte. So um, was looking around Charlotte and, and I kind of was just asking myself, what would I want to live in? Like, cause I'm gonna be living in this house too. Like, where do I want to live? What types of things do I want? And I, I wasn't actively looking for a house with a pool, but I was thinking, well, for a rental, I mean, and, and a lot of people were saying, steer away from the houses with pools, like, don't do it. But I was thinking, well, I like pools and I'm sure my renters would like pools and it, it would be a way for me to compete against some of these luxury apartments and um, to at least have a chance to compete with these guys. And so I, I, I did find a house that was about to go into foreclosure and it, it had a pool at the time. It was like jet black, like it didn't have a cover on it. You couldn't see to the bottom, looked awful. But I, I was kind of just thinking it, it probably looks worse than it actually is. And luckily it was, <laughs> um, but it ended up being a four bedroom, three and a half bath, and it was a split level. So each person could kind of had their own privacy and there was only two rooms that would share a bathroom. So I thought that that was a good characteristic. I ended up putting individual locks on the doors just in case if people wanted to lock their doors. And I mean, one of the rooms didn't have a door on it at all. So I, I did put a door on that and just trying to think about what I would want if I was renting just in a single family home. Gotcha, gotcha. Now. So you decided to rent out all of the three extra bedrooms, right? 
Okay, so how do you go through the process of figuring out who to rent to? Because I know, um, and speaking to other like people that do house hacking and stuff, they like we want to make sure people get along. <laughs> you know, it's um, especially if you all are all in the same vicinity. So, what was your process through all of that? So I, I did have everyone try to meet all the prospective tenants or roommates. Um, I did put them through background and credit checks. I used a, a website called My Smart Move. Um, I, I would recommend that for screening potential roommates or tenants. And I, I kind of got into the niche. Um, well, when I first started in like 2017 with this house, the people seemed a little younger, I would say. But th there was just so much construction in Charlotte. I felt as the years went on, I seemed to be, my, my sweet spot was kind of like a lot of the men and women going through divorces whose credit was shot, but they were still making a lot of money, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, mm -hmm. th 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 those, those ended up being a lot of the people I would share um, space with. And, but, but I, I did not necessarily require they meet all the roommates. I kind of would ask the other roommates, like, do you want to meet? Or do you just trust my judgment on if this person's a good roommate or not? Um, but definitely do the background and credit checks because, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be sharing space with this person. So I want to make sure I, I feel comfortable with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in this process, were there any things that came up that you're like, I need to warn people <laughs> about this part um, or anything that we need to know? Any tips, tricks around house hacking? Well, well, definitely on the pool maintenance. Uh, when I started maintaining the pool by myself, it, it was an incredible amount of work in the beginning. And especially since I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so that, that was a big learning curve. And until I found a company that I liked and that I thought was, because originally I was taking water samples into this store. They would test the water. They would tell me what chemicals to put in. I think I was paying around $200 in chemicals a month. It was just crazy, and and I was spending time. And, and there's a lot of leave, a lot of trees around my pool, which is not a good combination. So now I've started trimming the trees back, um, so the leaves don't get in the pool. Um, but th then I found a pool service. I think they charge like fifty five dollars a week for chemicals and the cleaning, and that was like perfect. Like if you can find that happy medium because like your, your time is quite valuable too. And I, I just felt like I was spending way too much time um, cleaning and maintaining the pool. So that would be one thing. Um, now I did have one unfortunate incident where, and part of the lease was that we would split the utilities like four ways if it was, that if the house was full, we'd split it three ways if there's only three rooms rented and so on. And there was one incident where, oh, the, this woman said she would be out by like the end of the month and she wasn't quite out by the end of the month. She stayed like four days into the next month. So, and, and we had agreed that she would be exposed to that new utility bill for that next month. So she would be prorated four days of that month for the utilities. And unfortunately we had a pipe break from the street to the house. So I, I paid for that repair and that was like $4,000. So that was a big repair but the, the, the water bill spiked for that little bit. And she actually took me to a mediation, which I was like very scared about. I had never been put in that position. And luckily we call, I mean, basically I, I let her have off like two, like 
$100 or something. We're not talking like huge amounts of money, but it was just like kind of scary to go through. Um, but I would say just keep good records and m make sure you, you have them still sign a lease and uh, just just know what the facts are in your contract, your arrangement with your roommates. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if someone happens to stay past <laughs> when they're supposed to um, exit, then make sure that you have them sign a lease saying this is what the arrangement is. This is when you're you know, going to move out. And then this is what you're responsible for. So that way, when you were in the mediation situation, you're like, well, this is the records that we signed. This is what we had. And so, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was, that is perfect to um, cover yourself in that type of situation. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Jack, if people were interested in learning more about you and what you do, um, how would people find you? So I'm, I'm the only Jack all while on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. I, I do have a couple books that I sell on Amazon. So you can look at my name on Amazon. And I try to walk through like a personal balance sheet on my personal finance website called Fired to Fire. Um, so I, I, I track um, my finances on there and try to help people through that. And I do summaries of books I read and all, all sorts of stuff like that. So hopefully people get some value out of that. Oh, perfect. That is awesome. And I love that name fired to fire, because when you got fired, you said, you know what, <laughs> I'm going on this fire journey. Yeah. So that is awesome. Please definitely check Jack out on his fire journey. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to him. Thank you so much, Jack, for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Tiffany. Lovely. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at MoneyTalkWithT.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>